My name's Alex, and in a couple days, my wife and I are having a baby. This is the first entry in an audio diary podcast I'm calling, Are You There, Pod? It's me, Dad. Every week, I'll recap the previous week in figuring this parenting stuff out in real time while calling up my friends that all had babies within the same month I did. So come with me as I figure out parenting on the fly. Brian. Rana, did Kamala talk to you before she went up there and spoke? <laughs> That's all I want to know. Well, you know what? You're putting me in a tough position. Well, I just, I, she came out and I was like, this looks familiar. And it looks like she might have had she someone's ear. She was wearing a Carolina Herrera. A West Gordon for Carolina Herrera. Excuse me. <laughs> Shades of vanilla. She looked incredible. She, she, yeah. Perfection. Perfection. But uh, as I will say, Kamala, which we noticed. So wait a second. Okay. Here's the situation. I'll give them a quick debrief. The episode you're about to hear, yes. we recorded on pins and needles on Friday morning. Before it was called. And yes. so we didn't have the result. But we had to come and give you a little cold open because Absolutely. we had to talk to the carriage house about this. Absolutely. There's no question. We wanted you to hear it from us how excited we are. So excited. We can finally declare that we both voted for Joe Biden. Now is the time. Harris. Now is the time. Those speeches were amazing. <laughs> Joe Biden's never been better and it just feels good for now. But when Kamala called Joe, she was out on either a run or a walk, a run walk. I bet a run walk. She seems like a real Revlon run walk, doesn't she? I don't know what that means. Revlon always does like a run walk for breast cancer. Oh, where you okay. go, you know, it's like a 10K. Move you as can fast either run it or walk it, whatever it is. <laughs> sure, yeah. She was out on a run walk and we could see her in her workout clothes. And what we could see. Beyond her total uh, effervescence. I was going to say, she looks great. She is magnetic. She is, huh? Totally. Like when she was speaking, Uh, I was like, this is a future president. Like she could easily step in. Future, whatever she wants to be. I mean, but you could see how terrific her figure was. You could. And I think, I don't know if it's intentional, but if it isn't, we better deal with this. Okay. They've got to get who who's going to be the first tailor is my question. You thought the suit wasn't tailored enough, but I think it might be deliberate. I think she doesn't want to call too much attention to her figure. Cause that's a slippery slope, but I mean, she looked terrific. I just wanted a little, I wanted about two more dots in the front, <laughs> in the chest. I wanted a little dot, uh, but she looked gorgeous and she was absolutely in her shades, her suffragette shades of vanilla. I honestly, Rana, I was like, I cannot believe what I'm seeing. It was like, I was um, like, if it was as though she called me. It really was. To me, yeah. if, yeah. if you won an election and you went out to give sure. a victory speech, you would be in something similar to what Kamala wore and something what Hillary wore at the convention. The I would have been wearing exactly what Kamala was wearing, except With the- for Kamala, I would have gone YSL <laughs> instead of Carolina Herrera. And I would have, the only difference is I would have had a leopard belt. I would have belted my blouse. Sure. Probably yeah. under the jacket. Right. That's me though. I like a little flash, but she looked absolutely fabulous. And her speech was wonderful. Wonderful. Chills and the whole I loved, time. Oh, I loved that she called out Hunter in her speech, as tiny as it seems. I thought there was a real- And how she bring- said the thing about little girls and, you know, just that, yes. just God. I mean, I'm She's not a girl, human. but if I, had, if I were a little girl, that would mean, I don't know. It meant so much to me now watching it. She was very human. Yes. And she never loses fact, uh, sight of the fact that 
it's a long journey between a dream and a realization of a dream, but that she was a person that had a dream and that it's something that can happen and that she wants people to keep that in mind as they go through the sort of thread of their lives. And I think that's so wonderful. I got more excited than I even thought I would after they won. Like, I mean, I just, or the relief, I, I was obviously very excited, knew I would be excited, but the relief was like bigger than I thought it would be even. Because I just couldn't even imagine it. What was the song she came out to? The song he came out to was Bruce Springsteen, We Take Care of Our Own. She came out to Mary J. Blige. She came out to Mary J. Blige. Um, Mary J., right? I can't remember what song it was. And then at the end, they played um, Whitney's version of, I think, was it Higher Love? Yeah. 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 So good. Which was fun. A little bit. And then Coldplay, which I could take a leave right. to be honest right. with you. But, <laughs> but that's a safe bet was, for a president. I thought they really spent the money on the fireworks, which was wonderful. They did. Ronner, did you ever see John Houston's Annie? Ronner. Ronner, did you ever see? Uh, I probably, <laughs> yes, I, I believe I did many, many years ago. Work That by yeah. Mary J. Blige. That was the song, Work That. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, at the end of Annie, I remember from when I'm a kid that Annie get, goes up in fireworks and it sell, spells Annie and cursive. And yes, of course. It did that with Biden. It reminded me of Annie. Yes, it did. And they had the country yes, and the whole thing. Yes, they did. But anyway, it was wonderful. It felt great. Yeah. And it's so true. I didn't know when the moment of relief would come. Yeah. I really kept waiting all of these days thinking it seemed like it was a lock. It seemed like it was a lock. But I couldn't have imagined how I would feel when it was official. Can I tell you or, yeah. Mostly. Official. I just see people kept talking yeah. about how everyone was screaming outside. Marblehead really wasn't Rana. I mean, I'm not saying it's not a democratic town, but Here no one go. was screaming like I thought they would. Well, you know, we're not, a, look, at my house, we're not on top of other people. By the way. But it was fun to go into Marblehead Santa yesterday and see people beeping and outside yes. and having the whole, and Shoebies was ecstatic that their, uh, their outdoor dining area that, that they have cute. there. Yeah, which they've kept up because of the weather's been on and off. Yes. And that, as they call it, I can't remember what they call it, club shoebies or something. Can I like say that. something else though, Rana? Oh boy. <sighs> yeah. Yadvina was crying, not happy tears. Oh, she likes a strong man. I don't know what it was, but okay. It's very common in the Eastern Bloc that if you come here, you like a strong, they still like a strong she man. She was really upset. Yeah. yeah. So, so anyway. Anyway, we wanted to pop in and just say we're so delighted and we loved, you know, all the responses we were seeing on social media, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, we're very hopeful about what's to come. Yes. I think we do, if we have, we get so many questions about people with family members who have differing views from them. Yes. And it's not going to be an easy- And we have so many hosts on this show who also deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> We, uh, we, it's not going to be an easy transition period. Yeah. Uh, and, but it's the we'll right probably, one. Yes, 100%. And we're going to let the right one in. That's our quiff selection. That's for right. Next. Uh, and we let the right one in. We did. Um, but I think we have to remember, I said, I just want to caution people to, Take it slowly because those people That's are right. pretty bruised right now. That's right. And we're not talking about a small minority of people. 71 million people voted for that that absolute- Whatever that ca- is. Carbuncle of a president Truly. that we've had for the last four years. That barnacle. Yeah. But uh, 
So uh, do I think 71 million of people are heartbroken today? No, but maybe 40 or 50. Yeah. That's enough for me. <laughs> and so <laughs> to that's be not nothing. <laughs> yeah. And so we have to let them lick their wounds a little bit. And, you know, but by the way, I'm not suggesting that they have in any way treated us with civility no. or compassion or And also you don't else. have to do it with all of them, just the but, ones you like or care about or who yes. are related to, I guess I should say. But leave the door open for them to come around a little bit if they can. Give and them if they a week. don't, nothing you can do. Nothing you can Give do. Give them a few days and stop to stop trying cool at off. a certain point, honestly. Yeah. And well, if you can go to those... Georgia, go. Oh, I Your heard. boyfriend, I don't know if Rana. It's true. My boyfriend, John Ossoff, who I am, I already just, I already donated I did to too. him, of course. And I want to go to Georgia. My birthday is January 5th. That is yes, when his is. runoff is. That's right. And for my birthday present this year, and people don't have to get me a Ronica present if they want to get me only a birthday okay, present. Okay, I'm in. For I'm my here. birthday present, I want the Senate to go completely to the Democrats. I think in that Georgia. is. That so I need gift. people. My dear friend Josh Weiss is uh, doing his work on the ground in Atlanta. We've got Stacey Abrams. Yeah, we do. We need everybody getting behind this ASAP. That's right. And I even heard, I'm thinking about buying property in Atlanta. If I get a driver's license by December 7th, I can vote in Georgia. <laughs> That's what I heard. Is that true? I've got to look into it a little deeper. Uh, but I'll be moving to Atlanta. So I'll be doing Zooms from the carriage house in Atlanta from, for at least a month or two while I cast my vote. Are you going to go run a Buckhead? Now I'm better than Buckhead. <laughs> you know that. Uh, in any event, I also want to say, I hope this marks the return of the White House Hanukkah party. I think it will. Now that the second husband is Doug Emhoff, who is a Jew. And I expect you and I to be first on the guest list. And I expect also um, a lot of pictures of that dog. Security check. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that dog looks vicious to me. He does look a little vicious, but he he is a rescue, and and it seems like he likes biting. I know, but a German Shepherd is a little too close. Well, for the camps for me, that I could see is maybe a potential down. Well, hopefully that German Shepherd will be banned (laughs) from the from the Hanukkah party. I don't think he should be invited to that. No, I don't either. He should stay upstairs in the residence. I agree. Anyway. And if you get a plus one for the Hanukkah party, don't forget, Ronna. No, you and I, I said, we need us us? on the list. Of course, I'm just hoping that you can pass the security check, though, because if you Syrian heritage. Oh, yeah, I'll have to make sure not to bring anything too obvious. Like what? A, A thing of hummus? A Tupperware container full of hummus? That's right. That could go either way. You're right. We all enjoy the same cuisine in the Middle East. That's right. Uh, but no, I'm je- I'm teasing. Of course, you and I together are going to go to the White House Hanukkah party as soon as we, as soon as I believe me, I'm already working on it. But it won't be this one, Ron. It'll have to be next year's. But still, yes, of course. But still, I don't even, look, I don't even know if they'll do. Melania said f Christmas. She said f Christmas. She's already apparently told Trump get over it. Time to move. Oh, is that right? Apparently, in the but New York she Times. Tweeted- but she tweeted, you know, oh. everybody has to count all the legal votes or whatever right. she did. Apparently, inside sources at the White House, according to the New York Times, are saying that she is saying, you got to move on and we got to get out. Oh, well, she's going back to New York. At least she thinks she is. Yeah. But she's in for a rude awakening in New York. But did you see the uh, image float- floating around of Melania as the new bachelorette? No, but she'd be great. Well, I mean, I think she's a disgusting person, but she would be great. She's I mean, I also have that image. opinion of every other Bachelorette, to be honest with you. Said the Bachelorette. <laughs> I haven't watched this new Bachelorette. Now that they got a new, new Bachelorette. I only saw the episode we saw for Art and Marine. 
so I need to catch yeah. up. But you know they replaced Claire, the Claire. I know that Claire fell in love with Dale. Well, fell in love. They tricked her. She was ruining the whole formula. Right. And so they tricked her into tricking him to propose to her. And apparently, I haven't watched it yet, but Chris, what's his name, is FaceTiming Neil Lane. And Neil Lane is like on a golf course saying, what do you mean? I thought I had three more <laughs> weeks to come up with this ring. And they're saying, we need it. We need it now. I did see the new Bachelorette. Because we got to get her out of here. I did see the new Bachelorette on Tasia. Bachelor in Paradise, and I really liked her. Tasia. Yes. Isn't that her name? Yeah. I guess, or is okay. it Tasha or Notasha, I guess. It's one of those names. But I like Because I haven't watched her. it yet. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm glad this wonderful, rousing, patriotic message turned into a discussion of The Bachelor. Me too, Ron. But it's only without fitting. further ado, yes. uh, we have a fabulous episode. Dan Savage is we with us sure today. We sure do. So pardon us if some of the intro is recorded on Friday, but we still think it's valid. Everything we wanted to communicate with you was right in there. That's right. But and it's a nice we're feeling a little bit more uh, upbeat than we were on Friday. That's right. Rana. So we wanted to say that. That's right. All right, dear. All right. Without further ado, I've said that six times. But that's okay. Today's the episode. Yeah. Hello, dear. Hi, Rana. So, how are we today? I'm good. I mean, I'm feeling good about George, Joe Jorgensen's chances. I, you know, as a rabid <laughs> fan of hers, I really do feel like this is what the year. What about Ann Ranch? I love Ann Ranch, and I love. Listen, I supported everyone I could, and but and I do you, think Joe is going to really break through. So I'm happy. You about do that. think this is the moment? This is the moment for Joe Jorgensen, no doubt about yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, we thank had, God for her though, because I think Republicans break libertarian. I mean, libertarians are would vote Republican otherwise, basically. Yeah. So, well, I don't know what her iconic. what were her percentages. I don't. I wasn't paying attention. Well, she got like seventy thousand votes in Pennsylvania, and she got like um, she she did pretty well in a couple of states. Um, and Georgia, I think she. Well, I don't think she got that many in Georgia. In Arizona, she got some. Uh-huh. You know, but she's the she's the uh, Jill Stein of this election. She, she can she could be. only dream of that. Yeah. Uh, so we did the rare thing, which is we tried to do a timely record so that we would be able to talk about the election so that we could reach out to our fans and talk about yes. how we were all feeling about everything. Yeah. And of course, here we are. It's Friday morning. Yes. And we're just sitting here like everybody else with our gorgeous cup of carriage house coffee. Delicious. And, and just waiting with our cupping our hands around our mugs. Yeah. Oh, did you? I made an ice one. I didn't put it in the mug, though, but I, well, I have it in the Well, it has been very warm. It's been unseasonably warm, which has been lovely in New Don't England. you love that? I do. I do. Yeah. They used to call that uh, an Indian summer, but I don't think that they call it that anymore. They And I, Yadvina, I asked her to hang some of my clothes off the roof, so she's done that just so they can air dry, which is oh, great. Oh, I so appreciate that. I can't wait to peek out my window and see I just your, wanted you to save on the energy bills. See underclothes and- hanging from a... From, from a clothesline? Is that what you did? Did you set up your own clothesline? It was more of a pushpin situation right into your house, but into your oh. roof. But I think I think they'll be because you don't. By the way, good observation, Rana. You don't have a clothesline right there. Yeah. So let's just let's try and keep it that way. Food for thought. Okay. Yeah. All right. But yeah, so we're sitting here on pins and needles like everyone else, just waiting for official, 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 official. Sure. 
But I have to say, it does seem that they are counting and that they're going through the process. And it may not be as sexy as an election night win, but all fingers crossed that this is headed in the right direction. I mean, I sort of say this later in the interview with Dan, but there or after it even maybe. No, maybe I didn't. Scratch all that. We'll cut that. I am... My one delight in it, of course, I'm disappointed that it was so close. We've already talked about that. It's such we a letdown that this was clo- so close. Yes, though, we still don't know how close. That's I, true. I, I have to say, people keep saying that, and we don't know how close it was. We just don't it know. It only feels close because it's taking a while, but we have like, to remember- Like, we didn't know there was a blue wave in, in the midterms until, like, days later. This was different than any other election because everyone You're had right. to vote from home. So the idea that- at the end of this, I mean, everybody, what did Hillary win by? Three million votes? Yeah, which was a huge win, by the yeah, way. Yeah, but Joe could win by eight million by the end of this. Sure. So at the moment, the popular vote is surpassing where Hillary was. So He's, it's yeah. just that the narrative isn't as neat as we want it to be. Well, but- and also just like the person who's gotten the most votes in history for president is now Joe Biden. Second place is Donald Trump because he's scored second most votes of anyone in a presidential election. Well, so it is just people. Are, a bummer, I, but. I think we just have to see that as people are voting. You're right. Yeah. Sure. 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 But but again, I, I know what you mean. I just think that this all this just took a little longer. But at the end, the result may actually be a lot more radical than we thought. And if we than, had than it about, looked like on uh, Tuesday night, if we and you just think about the fact, if we had about a hundred more Stacey Abrams working like this, unbelievable. But she's, by the way, too good for us. But if we had like a hundred more of them interspersed throughout all these states, what victories we could pull off just by giving people the access to vote? Atlanta, fabulous. Fabulous. Detroit, fabulous. Fabulous. I mean, really, really, they work so. She was hard. working in Wisconsin, Stacey uh-huh. Abrams. Un- she's, she's unbelievable. Faultless. Yeah. 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 She really is. Uh, so anyway, we'll see what happens. But, you know, as you but then, of course, uh, I guess I should. No, I'm not going to do it. The fans want me to tell them who I voted for because it's not clear to them. Remember, there was there was the one star review. It wasn't clear to them who we were voting for because we just oh, kept saying right. vote. Oh, well, Ron, I think that's maybe been corrected because we were trying to actually be respectful of other people and say vote as opposed to telling them exactly what they wanted to do, even though we told them in almost- In every uh, way. In every possible way, what we thought they should do and what we were doing. Right. Uh, We had tributes to Dr. Jill Biden on here. We did. You know what Uh, I mean? She's been in the carousel more than once. Absolutely. We are even clairvoyant about her. I shouldn't say we. Rana is even clairvoyant about her. Uh, uh, Speaking of which, since our last record, somebody wrote in to us, sent us a link- Letting us know that Jill Biden was, in fact, a Jersey Shore beach waitress. I sent this to you and Ari Shapiro. You didn't see this? No. In your DMs, I sent it to you. And this is an article from the the New Jersey Journal, I believe it is. Hold on one second. Oh, my God. God. Well, Ron. now I know you don't. Now I know you don't check my DMs. When I, I don't check anyone's you. DMs, but I'll I'll I'm gonna well, check right now. That's good to know, dear. <laughs> and all you do is talk about how everybody's writing to you in your DMs and how wonderful it's going and et cetera, et cetera. Hold on. No, here. but those weren't DMs. That was a, like an out. That was a tweet that I talked about. Um, uh, so this was from Stephen Colazzo, who's one of our listeners. Wow. And he sent us the article from New Jersey Monthly. Excuse me. From this was from 2010. This article. 
Wonderful publication. Where Jill Bi- Biden spent, it's a, the, the subject is Jill Biden spent the summers of her youth in Hamilton and Ocean City. I've and been to Ocean City. She, Of course you have, OCMD. Uh-huh. And she talks all about it and she says, she had a number of uh, part-time jobs after school in Willow Grove, but I did work for two summers in Ocean City as a waitress at Chris's Seafood Restaurant. That's our I, gal. I loved it. Of course she did. There you go. That's, there that's, you go. That's our gal. So that is the only thing that we've been able to debunk this entire election season. Uh, but we have to thank our fabulous carriage house listeners because what they did was they absolutely swarmed uh, Apple iTunes podcasts because they were so disgusted by that one-star review that someone left us, which, by the way... Outrageous, really. I mean, not only that it was vote, a one-star but review... For who? Yeah. If you can't, what did they say? If you can't, then I can't. Yeah. If you can't commit to voting for Biden and Harris, which is like, are you crazy? Get out of here. What do you think we're doing? Get out of here, as we said. But everybody came together and there were so many fabulous reviews and we're going to read a couple of them today, but they were absolutely amazing. And we, we can't thank you enough because boy, do we love our carriage house listeners. This one is five stars, five stars only. This one is from Baxter cat Two. Gives us five stars, of course. And by the way, don't stop. Let's don't stop sending them. Oh no, because never! Because that was just a couple. But yeah. we have to. We basically have to take back the algorithm. That's what we're That's trying right. to do here. Yeah. That's right. Um, I really can't wait till that hoe bags out of the White House, Rana. I got to tell you. Which one? Him. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love calling a man a hoe bag. I, I think he's a hoe bag, and I think he's even a hoe wannabe. I couldn't Be- agree more. Uh, simply the best and better than all the rest. Excuse me, five stars only. Get out of here with that one star. Get a life. And that was from Baxter Cat. Baxter Cat too, which is, I love that name actually. I gotta be honest, Rana. I am turning into a little bit of a cat person. Not a cat owner, just a cat person. Excuse me. I know. Well, why? Do you think that's sexy? uh, I don't. But are you thinking about getting a cat? No, I'm not. I'm not, but I just like seeing They love them. to urinate on carpets. Yeah, that's why I'm not getting one. They love to leave their markings. Yeah. Well, I'm you're not also gonna... not getting one because the terms of uh, tenancy at the carriage house dictate that you can't have any pets. And that... I never read those terms. Oh, no, you're right. They did. <laughs> Including birds. Birds are part of that, too. Nothing smells to worse than of... a bird cage. Ugh. Yeah. No. But I am going to have to um, get this adoption thing. <laughs> back and we'll figure it out. Don't worry yeah. about it, Rana. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not going to. Okay. I'm not going to. W4GM gives us five stars and writes, great sound quality. Clear as a bell. I can hear every word. Huh. We're okay. wondering, is that supposed to be a compliment for Dante? Or is I, that- I, I think Dante wrote that review. Yeah, that does seem like a Dante review. Yeah. But we have Emma with us today, so the cl- sound will be even clearer. And the truth <laughs> is, it's Emma that controls the sound, pardon me. She's the one. Do people understand this? Emma edits every episode of this show and makes it sound like it's a totally prof- professional operation, which. By the way, and the she show was the one. She isn't, who, but she is. Yeah. She certainly isn't. She was the one who asked to come on here for us to make that clear well, that it was no. not Dante. She no, said, she, I got to get on your podcast and I got to set this record straight. Emma would never. Emma would never. <laughs> Emma's the best. We all know that. And so is Dante. Ashley. I would seven- call Dante the best. I mean, I would call Dante, you know, I'd call him Dante. Sure. What I would do. Yeah. Sure. 
User Ashley7580 calls us GOAT, gives us five stars, and continues. Do you know what GOAT is, Rana? Greatest of all time. Fabulous, Rana. Yeah. When will the world realize that- Because Tom Brady, R.I.P. That's how I know about that. He died? Well, he left the Oh, he's off the table. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When will the world realize that Rana has eclipsed Oprah? Oh. I mean, I've known this for a while. Excuse she needs me. a talk show. I agree. A magazine, a network. Me. Yeah. No, Rana, you really need it. I'm there to like I couldn't do it without you, dear. I just couldn't. So, I guess it'll never happen. Well, I'd like a column in the magazine and I'll do the photos. Like I'll be in them. Oh, you love to be a you love a photo shoot. And but it's true. And it I don't know that Rhonda would sense. want her own network, though. Would you want your own network, do you think? Well, it's a lot of responsibility, but I would like to choose the programming. Yes. Yeah. That would be fa- flawless, I'm sure. Yeah. The world needs more of Rhonda and Brian. That's very sweet. And I agree. Well, that's fabulous. That? Uh, well, that's just fabulous. And that's just a few of the fabulous reviews that we got the other day. I have yeah, to there say. were so many wonderful I mean, ones. There was a whole somebody did a story with it was a whole grid of all of the ones that we got, and it was absolutely fabulous. Uh, um well, here's one more I'm gonna read from somebody Biffy79. Oh boy. Five stars. Never ever is there a one star. Though I can never figure out how to get the whole do you know how to get the whole title? Headline. I yeah. think you can't on your phone. I've never been able to on my phone. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Rana and Brian are five stars host. Oh, Why, thank may, you. This may not be five from Five stars someone, host? This may not be from someone who has a terrific command of the English language. Well, that's okay. They give very good advice, but I keep coming back because they bend over backwards for their fans. They <gasps> answer fan questions, interact with them on all socials, and that's they are Rana. always reward, rewarding us because of our loyalty. Once you begin an episode, you will absolutely fall in love with this podcast. Five stars, always and only. How about that? What a lovely review. Thank you, Biffy79. Really so, lovely. We have a real treat for people today. I mean, we have a fabulous guest. I wonder oh, my if, gosh. Wait, now, I don't know if we sent him the coffee. I hope we did. But I do want to tell people about the coffee to remind them that there is something big coming for holiday with the coffee. So that's exciting. That will be announced in the next, uh, in the coming weeks. But what I have to remind people is that if you're in the carriage house, in the Patreon yeah. carriage house, patreon.com exclusive access to when something happens, it happens in the carriage house first. Let's put it oh, that way. Any announcement, any treat, any trick, any cornucopia happens right there. They even got a hot tip this week on something that I am they going to did. not mention here just yet because That's it's right. still a Patreon exclusive. But we tell let's them just first. say there are big, big things coming for the month of December, and the Patreons are going to be the first ones that have a crack at it. So that is some. Not stuff. only do you get a bonus episode, not only do you get uh, an intimate conversation that they're all having yeah, Don't together. you owe it to yourself after this exhausting year? Just get in there and have fun with us. Not only do you get to see us do the show, if you have sauna privileges, you get which to see it. absolutely worth the $10 a month, if you ask me. Sure. Uh, not only do you get me to read you a bedtime story. Delicious. But you get all the exclusive information. On, not only do you get a book club. Not only do you get a movie club, no excuse kidding. me, 
Uh, but you get all the exclusive information ahead of time that people That's on right. here don't. And that may not sound like it matters to you, but it's going to. Let's you know how when way. you like make a purchase at Williams-Sonoma and they're like, congrats, you're in our VIP club or whatever. No. Doesn't because we're actually giving you exclusive content over there. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. right. Okay. Yep. Our guest today is what they would call uh, the paragon of our genre, I would say. I have to say, Rana, you two together, to me, was sort of flirtatious. I saw, two, I saw a Frost Nixon, not necessarily that one, but I saw a meeting of the minds. Oh, and it was I think, delightful. I think I was forced to demure to Dean today because he's so fabulous. I just wanted to watch him in action. I don't know. So, the two of you together, truly, for me, was like um, when Tori Amos and Alanis Morissette went on tour together. It's funny because I thought you and Dan, well, now they know that we've recorded in advance, but that's okay. It all happened this morning. So what's the oh, difference? Yeah. It happened four minutes ago. He just left. But I thought you and Dan had chemistry, but- you know, I think Dan might have chemistry with a lot of people based on uh, some Look. of the information she had today. But also, as we know, you have chemistry with a lot of people. I mean, you're a little bit of a sex symbol, at the very least, in the carriage house. People are always talking about your squat and your legs, how you let, when you get up, and they love it when you change your Indian style, when you're sitting in the chair, your crisscross. Sure, uh, sure. Crisscross applesauce. Isn't that what they say? That's Is that what, what they, they call say. it in yoga, crisscross applesauce? That's what they call it for adults, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what kids say. (laughs) Okay. All right. Without further ado, the flawless... Dan Savage. Brian. Rana, I am so stoked for this. I was born ready for this race. I have to tell you, the only reason I'm announcing this so early is because... We need this. And because you have inspired me, you have infected yeah. me with your spirit this year. You are so well, I have to say, Rana, spirit. I am not a, a, a Christmas coming early person. This year, I need something to look forward to. And I'm ready to go. I think everybody feels the same way. So we are announcing, a little earlier than we planned, we are announcing Ronica will take place, eight days of Ronica will take place on December 1st. Okay. December for and by the way, this is Ronica 2.0. I'll say kidding. that. We I'll have, say that. We have been working overtime with the Hanukkah elves, trying too to fast, get our lists Ronica. to get too <laughs> too fast to Ronica to get our lists together. But we want to hear from you, so send us now in the subject to askron at gmail.com, Send us Ronica. Uh, in the subject and maybe your price point if you know what it is. Sure. Um, but definitely Ronica in the subject and send us your gifting questions because we want to help you're buying answer for them. what you want to, you know, that sort of thing. Yes. And look, we'll get to as many of them as we can, but we want to sure. consider all of that when we're going through our lists. Definitely. But this is, I'm not kidding. December 1st is really just mark that on your calendar. Something practically more exciting than Thanksgiving. That I can say. You have got it. Tune in. We can't wait to see you and light the Ronica lights together again this year. I love that, Rana. Attention Carriage House members, Rana here to tell you all about Anchor Dirt FM. 
Anka is the fabulous app that we use to create a podcast. And let me tell you something. You can use it to create a podcast of your own. It's totally free. They have these terrific creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, if you're that sort of person. I have a staff, excuse me. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, which is pretty fabulous. The possibilities are totally endless. So download the free Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Kiss, kiss. I have to be honest with you, Brian. Bring it on, Rana. I'm a little nervous about today's guest. Why? Because he's like a, he actually is a professional. He's actually a professional advice giver. Do I think his, do I think his advice is better than our advice? I don't know. Sure. It's better than mine. I'm not, well, sure. Okay. But you know, yours, yours is very, well, you give terrific advice, but you know, on, on occasion you tell But I don't think Dan's ever suggested someone play Russian roulette to solve a problem. I was just going to say, I don't think Ukrainian roulette is on Dan's uh, menu of, of advice that he gives, but we have uh, the creme de la creme here. I I mean, mean, the the trailblazer for this genre. And I just know when I said creme de la creme, I started to notice that everything we say today is going to have a double entendre because Dan is absolutely the most uh, sexually progressive slash scatological person that you could find. So (laughs) any word we say, if I say, oh, I like cream in my coffee, it takes on another meaning altogether. He's very mature, Rana. Very mature. He's either totally mature or completely immature. It's not clear to me, but sure. that's a circle that goes all the way around. In any event, we D- Dan Savage, you're here. I can't get over it. Thank you for having me. Uh, I've never recommended Russian roulette or Ukrainian roulette. <laughs> Moldavian roulette, however, I have pushed on people. Is that three bullets? Because Ukrainian roulette's two bullets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I believe that it is. Um, and I would never actually tell someone to play Russian roulette. I have encouraged someone who said that she wouldn't divorce her husband but couldn't stand him to encourage him to take up drinking and driving and cross her fingers. <laughs> well, there you go. So maybe we are on the same page. <laughs> Dan, how are you, dear? How are you holding up? Uh, I'm good. Uh, I don't know when this is going to air or how timely. Uh, this is going to come out on, on Tuesday. Well, I think we can just be honest here. This is going to come out on Tuesday and it's Friday because what we can't do right now is say it's a lot, you know, it's all locked up or someone's locked up. Right. We don't want to jinx it. We don't want a second Trump administration to be on our heads the way the first one was on Lin-Manuel Miranda's head. Correct. He on SNL looked at Trump's picture and said, never going to be president now in October of 2016, which is why Trump won. I blame Lin-Manuel Miranda. We have so many things to blame him for. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, People, people (laughs) thinking that they're more talented than they are. I'm not talking about him. I'm just talking about that's what he's bred. Well, I'm not not talking about him because everyone knows that I thought Hamilton was only okay. But I thought it was wonderful. (laughs) I thought it was amazing. And I think Lin-Manuel Miranda is amazing. And I certainly don't blame a Puerto Rican from the Heights in Manhattan for the election of Donald Trump by being sarcastic. Uh, Racists and assholes elected Trump the first time. Of this course. is a comedy program. We so are pro Lin Manuel Miranda here. Yeah, no doubt pro, about it. We are definitely pro Lin Manuel. We're Fans just making even. jokes. 
Ron, uh, I had an intro planned. Oh, Paul, and with I'm that sorry, Hamilton money, he it. could have us all killed. So we brought we want to tread tread oh, carefully. That's true. Here. That's true. He seems like no, the type. no. He's a very bright. You can tell he's a bright, loving spirit, and he's a true talent. So. All jokes aside. No, Brian wants to do his intro. We have to let Brian do whatever he wants to do. Okay. So presenting someone who is okay, no wait. Okay. He's classy, he's bougie, he's ratchet, he's sassy, he's moody, he's nasty. He's a savage. Does anyone know the reference? No. No. It's a Megan Thee Stallion song. <laughs> called Savage. It's incredible. Uh, it was a remix was done with Beyonce. But anyway, so but you might a, be all those things. Is it officially Megan the Stallion or Megan the Stallion? It depends on, I, th- I say Megan the Stallion, but I yeah. think that some, Wendy says Megan the Stallion, but we certainly can't go by well, what we, she says. We can't go Wendy. Do you know what I called her on my podcast like a dozen times by accident? Megan Three Stallion. It was the <laughs> stallion in my notes. But I'm such a dad about like I, I'm one of those people in the grocery store like ten years ago, looking at the magazines, going, I don't know who the fuck anybody is. I've reached sure. that stage of life where I have no idea who anybody is, and I can't keep track. There's too many famous people now. Like. Yeah, you reach a certain age when you're true. 13, 14, you become aware of famous people and there seems to be a set amount. But then yeah. every year there's more and more and more until you just can't keep track. Especially who's, with like new mediums and everything. It's like, yeah, I don't know any of stars, these. Who's your, who's your last stars. famous person, Dan? Who is it like My, Linda Evans or, you know, who, where did you stop? Vicky Carr. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I know Vicky. I know who Vicky Lawrence is. Uh that's the real deal. Who's Vicky Ka? She was a singer in the 60s and 70s. She's still alive. She won Grammys like four years ago for her Spanish language recordings. She's amazing. Can't take what my eyes off What are her famous songs? I'm embarrassed. I don't uh, know either. Uh, it must be him. Oh, sure. Oh, dear nope. God, it must be him, but it's not him. And then I die. That's when I die. Heavily featured in Moonstruck. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There it's all go. over that movie. So, Dan, we have some desperate people here. And so what they do is they write to us, not unlike you, though I'm assuming your you mailbag's a little bit uh, thicker than ours. And My he's going to take that yes. the wrong way, Rana. Well, we already established he's going to take everything the other way. A thick mailbag, a creme de la creme. I mean, this is what oh. we're doing here. Uh, and uh, yeah, and every and every month, every week, I drain my sack by answering a couple of the letters. Just drain it a little bit, and then my Empty readers fill bags. my sack back up. <laughs> it's the circle of life, Dan. Yeah. Uh, and so, what we do here is we do a little advice, of course. So, uh, without further ado, I think we'll start. We should say, of course, Brian and I, not experts, just no. people with opinions. That's that, all you know what? Can I can I interrupt? Because that's my specialty. Uh, <laughs> when you look up advice in the dictionary, it says opinion about what could or should be done, which means the only qualification you need to give advice is somebody asked you for it. Somebody asked for your opinion. You are as qualified to give advice to the people who write to you as I am to give advice to the people who write to me, which is Dan, to say not really like, at all. I don't well, have a degree. But it sounds like shrink- someone's taken you to court and that's why yeah. you know that so well. Yeah, that does. <laughs> well, you know, 30 years ago when I started writing Savage Love and I was giving sex advice to straight people, I would have 
straight people blowing up at me all the time saying, how dare you give advice to straight people? What do you know about being straight? And of course, you know, Brian, as gay guys, we pretend to be straight for a while. We make a very close study of straight people so that we can pass and not get murdered in middle school. Sure. And and that gives us a perspective. We know more. That's straight people projecting their ignorance of gay people onto me as a gay guy and assuming I'm as ignorant of them as they are of us, which just isn't possible for a gay person. Uh, so yeah, it was litigated early I on in my column, and I did have wall, to defend Dan. myself. Well, first of all, this is the first time hearing about Brian being gay, so that's gonna that's gonna push everything into a well, new direction. Flip flop back and forth. <laughs> but it's very interesting what you just said. Do you think that, in a way, well, I guess it really de- just depends on the person. But the, what you just said, this idea of passing, basically. But I also wonder at what point that you know for sure, every person being different, of course. So in some ways, I suppose you could say that there are some men or women or or whatever who, you know, any gender you want to be, uh, who sort of are, are straight to a point. In other words, there's an age at which they cease to be straight, but perhaps... I'm not making a lot of sense, but what I'm saying is that they live as straight until a certain age. And so societally, right, they're taking everything in because that's what society's forcing right, on but them you are, you are but, Straight people are under a microscope for gay people because you want to move your hands like they do. You want to walk like they I do. See. I mean, you right. are in constant study of just, even with my parents, of really just trying to walk a tightrope of... I need to watch where my hands go. I need to walk how I watch how I like if I cross my legs or not. Like I just, it's a constant how I carry my books, how I look at my fingernails, how I run, how yeah, Yeah, that's how I look at my fingernails. That's the gay, the gay kid who's policing themselves. I was called the F word so many times because someone in, in high school came up to me. He's like, "Let's play a game. Look at your nails," and I went like this and not this, and I caught hell for like a year for that. Oh, that's so heartbreaking. Yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah. You know, I, but, but what you were saying, I th- also, it's interesting. You're not straight is the default setting. So you're straight. Yes. We're just um, using that term. Yeah. Right. And, and I do think that it's true for many women because so many more women who are lesbians or bi come out later in life. And, you know, women are not socialized to sort of center their own desires or really be in touch with them uh, in the same way that boys are. And, and so this works with boys. It doesn't always work with girls when, you know, ever a guy asks me, uh, how do I know I'm gay? And just that they're asking the question itself is a pretty good indication that they're not straight. I ask them, what do you think about when you masturbate? And then they know. They know, you know, what you think about when you masturbate when you're a guy is a really good indication of who you are, of what your sexual orientation is. Well, uh, it can be less so with women talking, because women are less likely to masturbate. Yeah. I mean, in this moment, we're talking about sexuality. We're talking, we're, meaning we're talking about how you sexual, what you, what your sexual ideations are, what you're interested in, inclined to, whatever it is. But it's very interesting, your point, because I think that some girls also experience this when it comes to how, not even talking about, never mind being a lesbian or not being a lesbian, but about how forceful you want to assert yourself in society. Because men tell you that you can't have certain opinions about things or that it's not feminine to behave not in your certain business. ways, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it's not feminine to to sit, step forward and say, "I have an opinion about that." Mm-hmm. Now, like leaving sexuality out of the picture for a moment, just the idea of being a girl 
what that's supposed to be is very similar to the experience that you're describing. Men tell women that they're not allowed to have an opinion about how men are treating women. Yeah. Or even how a particular man is treating a particular woman. Yeah. Does that put on women's heads about being deferential to men, about, you know, prioritizing a man's comfort feelings, ego over their own comfort feelings, ego? Yeah. It takes years for a woman uh, as she comes into adulthood to undo, undo to, to yeah. peel away. But it's very interesting, that idea of... Uh, I remember as a young, young girl, there was an argument happening and no one was saying anything. No one was standing up for the person that was being, uh, you know, assaulted, abused, whatever. I mean, it was a playground thing. And I stood up and said, you know, leave him alone and just, you know, get out of here. And someone told me to shave the the hair off my chest. (gasps) Yeah, I'm not surprised. Just because well, I was standing up for someone that couldn't stand up for themselves. We talk about emasculation. Yeah. I guess that's an example of effeminization. Someone was telling you that you weren't a girl. Woman enough, right. That you weren't a woman. And that it wasn't you your place like boy, to defend. Yes, it was not your place to defend someone. Very interesting. All right. Well, now I got a little bit of an education today. <laughs> okay. I am going to read the first question because why shouldn't I? Okay. Greetings, Rana, Brian, and oh my God, it's you. Insert guest name here. Oh my God, it's you, Dean Savage. That's <laughs> actually completely appropriate for this letter. Mm-hmm. I have recently tried getting back out into the dating scene after not being being seriously in it for many years. I am a 30-year-old homosexual, for clarification. I matched on Tinder with a guy, and we had really great chemistry while chatting. He unexpectedly decided to FaceTime me one night, Hmm. which is total sin, is my understanding these days. You can't just sneak attack someone. Oh, no, that's that. Talk about assault. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To just FaceTime someone out of the blue like that? Yeah. Can you imagine? Well, I don't think you can even call people without texting them and saying, can I call you? Absolutely not. Right? That's the way it is now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just switched over from a rotary phone. uh, (laughs) To an iPhone, so I might not sure, be the sure. best to judge. Dan is absolutely calling people when he feels like calling them. He's picking up. <laughs> if his last reference was Vicky Ka, he's picking up the phone when he has a phone call. To if make. my phone started ringing and it said Dan Savage, I would immediately assume I was in trouble for something. <laughs> I would. Well, it'd be interesting that you had his number there. I might actually. So there you go. Yeah. Most people would find that to be too much, but I thought, hey, this is going well. I'm going to answer. We chatted on FaceTime and continued to have amazing chemistry. We decided to meet and have a socially distanced breakfast. Success after success. We discussed our COVID practices and felt comfortable spending time together in person. I ended up going over and watching Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. And we discussed ghost stories. Very just sexy. had another amazing night. Yeah, I don't blame I- you. I ended up spent, by the way, that does sound like your favorite night, even though you're making jokes. I don't think I would make love, love, like, I don't think the movie would turn me on, but yeah, that would be icing on the cake if like someone I was really attracted to was like, let's watch Baby Jane. I don't know if, I'm I don't know if they did I'm a Mildred Pierce man myself. <laughs> yeah, the stakes are higher there. I ended up spending election night with him, so we had someone to commiserate with. We may or may not have altered our mental state for the night. Excuse me. I ended up spending the night for the first time, and it all feels very comfortable and natural. So they didn't do it after after Baby Jane. 
Here's where the issue comes in. He is 22 years older than me at 52. My parents are only a few years older than him. My question becomes, can a relationship with this age difference work? Will it be uncomfortable for people to see us together and not make judgments or assumptions? Will my parents be okay with this age difference? Truly, it doesn't bother me in the slightest that we have this gap. Well, you are writing a letter. The connection is very real and genuine, and I already feel completely myself with him. Tell me, my saviors, am I just overthinking? Yours sincerely, Tyler. Dan? Well, Tyler, if you were concerned about what other people think, you wouldn't be a faggot in the first place, or you wouldn't be an out faggot in the first place. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. So you can't let the opinions of other people dictate uh, your choice of partners or, or, or you know, pr- prompt you to dump somebody that you would like to be with that you're genuinely attracted to or in love with because you're worried what mom might think or that people are going to look askance at you. Uh, in a restaurant, if you're clearly on a date or whatever, if those sorts of concerns uh, prevented you from being who you are, you wouldn't literally be who you are right now. So don't let those sorts of concerns stop you from loving somebody that you could love. And I think one of the issues that sometimes people have with these relationships with significant age gaps uh, isn't just, you know, discomfort around the power differential. It's that people game them out over decades and think, okay, well, this works now in this window, but how can this work for 50 years, which is yeah. what we think a relationship should work for? Well, maybe it's only going to be uh, a relationship that you're in for a year or two, but it'll be a good one. I'm often promoting on my show the idea of a good successful short-term relationship. We talk about long-term relationships, particularly those that end in funeral homes with one person dead as successful relationships. And any relationship that two people emerged from, both of them alive, as a failure. Oh, it ended, it failed. We apply that standard to nothing else humans do. Not to driving, flying, skiing. Oh, everybody lived? What a failure. That's so sad. I'm so bummed (laughs) for you. So if you just relax and say, this is working for us right now, And who cares if it makes other people uncomfortable? Doesn't mean we're going to be together forever. It might be a successful short-term relationship, couple years, or maybe I'll be with you until you die or I die. Who knows? We're all going to die in Donald Trump's uh, COVID pandemic at some point. Yeah. Uh, So if it's working and you love him and, or, you know, you've only had a couple of dates, if it's working and look what you're doing, Tyler. You've only hung out with this guy one night. You've seen one movie. You haven't even tasted his asshole. You don't know if you're going to be together with him forever. Oh, he has you're tasted. Worrying. He has tasted. Oh, has That's it? That was on before they even night, kissed he did. I believe they oh, tasted. okay. I'm so sorry. I didn't realize were, they went from Baby Jane to rimming so quickly. I kind of no, no, lost Baby the No, no. Baby Jane was just Baby Jane and ghost stories. And then election night, they uh, got toasted and tasted. There you go. But you've had one movie night, one election night, one sex night, and you're you're wondering how this relationship is going to play out uh, if it becomes permanent, loving, long term. You're getting out over your skis. You're worrying about things like taking him home for Thanksgiving next year because nobody's having Thanksgiving this year that you don't need to be worrying about yet. Enjoy this moment and stop stressing about what other people think or – what it'll mean for you if you're together for in an open-ended long-term relationship but, because but you're not isn't there it, yet. Isn't it, that's f- fabulous advice, of course, but isn't it indicative about if we, if we 
pull out for a second here about what Tyler He's is He's going to take that through. the wrong way, Rana. <laughs> well, everything I say is going to be taken either the right or the wrong way today. What can I do? But I think that, uh, I think we need to just look at what Tyler is going through also, because of course, everything you said is a hundred percent true and wonderful advice. And that is, and he should take it, but can he take it is the question because he is a person who is concerned about how other people perceive him. And so how does he get past that is the question. And it sounds to me like he needs to come to terms a little bit with, this is very much what you two were talking about earlier, about living out and being fine with the way that you do things and how, obviously he's out, but he he's sort of semi, he's out. But what Brian was saying about, how you behave in front of your family and that you think mm-hmm. about releasing that. yourself. How do you release yourself from that? Because well, I, don't think you, I don't think you entirely want to release yourself from that. You don't want to be some selfish narcissist. You don't want to be Donald fucking Trump. You do want to be considerate of other people's feelings, comfort levels, but you have to demand that if other people aren't comfortable with who you are, or who you love, that they get over it. So I think a healthy concern for the opinions of others and the feelings of others is good, but you don't want to be paralyzed by it and you don't want somebody's irrational feelings or hatreds or concerns to control you. And so, you know, there are lots of loving long-term relationships where there's a significant age gap uh, and that's fine. And people who have a problem with age gap relationships, well, okay, they shouldn't enter into them, but they shouldn't judge people who are in large age gap relationships that are working. And when you're listening to that, Rana, I hope you're listening to that. (laughs) Well, then I'm going to be dating a 30 year old as of next week, but, but also when was the last time you had this much fun? I mean, you're describing this unfolding it in a way. It sounds really fun. Where you have a real connection, or we'll see what happens, but you're having fun with this guy. And you're enjoying the time that you spend together. When does that happen? Not just on a physical level, but on an intellectual level. Oh my God, That's and a, if you're finding joy anywhere thing. right now, right that now. is a precious thing. Like, Don't this, throw it away. Exactly. Don't throw it away at all. And by the way, you're seeing fewer people than you ever have. So maybe by the time things open up a little bit, you'll be less, less self-conscious about it. Yeah. But I wouldn't worry so much. And also, like Dan said, like don't 69 next to the green bean casserole at Thanksgiving. Do you know what I mean? That's not a great idea. Well, yeah, that goes for all of our listeners. Right. But do yeah. use the green bean casserole for lubricant later. But also, <laughs> but also... If there's any left, it's always such a hot, hot it's a item. Hit. Yeah. It's a hit. You don't need much. You don't need much. A little dab. Just a dab will do you. That's right. That's right. Um, but also, uh, I don't know. I think the, the less... It just seems like a time when everyone can really gather strength and give less fucks about what people think of them. Because, by the way, the enemy has certainly been doing that for a while now, and that's a force for bad. So just do it for yourself, and that's a force for good. Also, I would say there is a solution for death. Sort of. Okay. I can't wait. Does it involve I'm on the edge of my seat. Does it involve Ted Williams' head? We're going to find out. No, but it involves this. Yeah. There was a play Mm. um, written a long time ago about a little boy and a little girl whose families hated each other, but they were in love. Uh Uh-huh. And so they end up falling in love, and she goes out on a balcony and tells everyone, and um, (laughs) 
I think I, I hate that play. Right. And then <laughs> and then she walks back in from the balcony and the nurse slaps her across the face or whatever happens and she decides the nurse is too mean, but she loves this guy, so she's gonna kill herself. And then sure. the boy comes in and says, Don't kill yourself, I'll kill myself. I'm not suggesting that, and that's actually not how it goes, but I, I am suggesting this. Do what the animals do. One specific play possum. When that casket opens, face down in the <laughs> casket, and you're dead, and be buried alive with your love. And that really proves everyone wrong in the end. Or you could just, you know, take a bunch of pills or something, but there's no reason you shouldn't die when he does. Or you can kill the king of Scotland and claim the throne. Also, you can do option. that too. But you don't scream! Don't scream! No one scream can call your power to account or your age gap relationship. And we better not find you with blood on your hands wandering around in the middle of the night. <laughs> out, out, out! Damn spot. That's right. But, uh, but, but you know, this is this is the gay superpower. Uh, like to be gay, Tyler Brian, you had to look your mom in Rana. the eye and tell her you put dicks in your mouth, and that's really, really hard and yeah. really scary. And then everything that comes after that about your sexuality and I think about your relationships is less scary in comparison to just that. And so if you you can't be openly gay if you're paralyzed by what other people might think. And don't let, you know, you obviously got past it to come out and be gay. And you can get past it when it comes to the kind of relationship you're in, whether it's an open relationship, an age gap relationship, polyamorous relationship, um, whatever else is not as scary. Just remember what it was like to tell your mother you put dicks in your mouth. And then imagine how much easier it's going to be to tell your mother that your boyfriend is almost your age. Yeah. They might hit it off. Let's see where this goes here. They might think he's terrific, by the way. You might run off with your dad. 52 is not 100. Fifty. Says I mean, you, Rana. Well, fifty-two is really. I mean, <laughs> these days, fifty-two is really quite young. Yeah, definitely. It just feels a hundred because you're thirty, but you're having a nice time. Relax. I just Enjoy had my fifty-sixth birthday. Happy birthday, Dan! You look Thank terrific. You. Thank you. Fabulous. And I have no problem with it. You shouldn't. And you? Do you have a thirty-year-old lover, Dan? And does that thirty-year-old lover have a problem with it? <laughs> I, I honest to God, well, sounds like he 30, does. I, I can't. I, yeah, okay. I have a husband of twenty-five years, and we are in an open relationship, and we both have boyfriends. So, and is your boyfriend significant, with significant age gaps? Uh, he is in his mid-thirties. Yes. There you go. There you go. There you go. So it can work. You heard yeah. it here first. Um, okay, Brian, oh. dear, would you read this, please? It would be my honor. This is a real Brian question. Well, I'm going to take that as a compliment for now, Rana. Well, you're going to find out in just a moment just why. Okay, here we go. It really suits your whole trench coat, fake mustache. Uh, oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Rana and Brian, about 12 years ago, I met and dated the man of my dreams for about 18 months. He was 16 years younger. Here we go again. We parted ways because of our age difference. His dream of moving to Miami to open a salon. And my preference for life in smaller cities or cities of a different vibe. I live in Asheville. Okay. After about Asheville, that not Nashville. A, that is a very different vibe to sure. Miami. Yeah. It is very different. After about two years, we reconnected as friends over social media and a phone call now and then. He went on to marry and later divorce a nice guy his own age who also enjoyed Miami. At age 39, my beloved friend recently passed away, but the family has been very hush-hush as to details. That's so sad. I reached out to his ex-husband. And he, too, is in the dark regarding cause of death. 
We were equally sad, shocked, and frustrated, and we both found out several weeks after the online memorial service mass. Hmm. Nothing we find online or from anyone we know in common gives details. My guilt comes from the fact that he reached out to me last year and wanted to visit, and I never followed through as I was traveling a lot with work. Is it weird or inappropriate for me to be befriending his ex-husband and trying to find details, or should I just let it go? Uh, I trust your opinion, Jeffrey. Wow. I have a story, if I may. Please. Um, Please. When I was in college, my first serious boyfriend uh, was a guy named Tommy Ladd. Um, who was wonderful. Uh, and we fell in love and I basically moved into his apartment with him in this group house with him, theater house. Uh, but he had another boyfriend and he was cheating on his boyfriend with me. Um, and there was, you know, some sturm and drang about which one of us he was going to go with. And, you know, when his boyfriend found out about me, he was mad, but they ended up uh, being together. And years later, they broke up. And then years later, Tommy died of AIDS. Uh, and his boyfriend at the time that I was dating him, that I was the other woman, he reached out to me. We reached out to each other. We ended up talking and emailing with each other and sharing photos and memories. And it was wonderful because, because what mattered was we both loved him. Not that yeah. we had been in competition, not that, uh, you know, we had both gotten hurt or, you know, I had done a terrible thing and whatever. Or, you know, my heart broke when Tommy picked him over me. What mattered was for a while there was love uh, in both directions. Tommy for him, Tommy for me. Uh, and, an, and a recognition of that in, in Tommy's death um, that we that we could bond over our appreciation of what he meant to us, even if there had been, you know, there were scars. Uh, and so you reaching out to this guy's ex-husband, having loved his uh, husband, um, and, he, you know, I assume his ex-husband loved him, even though the relationship came to an end, doesn't mean it failed, it just ended. Uh, that's beautiful. And, and you shouldn't question it. And you should continue to get out there and find the answers that you'd like to find. Uh, I think one of the most telling words in your letter was there was a memorial mass. Um, if this yes. was a very religious family and the death had some relationship to his sexuality or uh, if there's something that the family regards as shameful about his death, if he took his own life, they may not share that detail or, or want that detail shared. Um, I think an ex-husband has a right to know uh, and should have been informed and included and invited to the memorial yeah, mass. Yeah, that's really wild. But yeah, if, the only, if your only question is, is it okay that I'm talking with my ex-boyfriend's ex-husband after his death? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's okay. It's not only okay, it's very human and it's very – it says something positive about our ability to transcend conflict, to transcend – um, bullshit and just connect around love, even if it's just love remembered. And it doesn't seem like there even is any existing conflict between those two, right? Between the two men? Yeah. The the two exes or whatever? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think they knew each other. Yeah. yeah. I different think they were from different life. times in their lives. Exactly. Yeah, but I think, first of all, I am so sorry for your loss and I'm even yeah. more sorry that you seemingly right now at least have absolutely no closure on this that that's well, sort of this content. is yeah. this is the thing and that is what you're both seeking and yeah. in a in a way you're so lucky 
as Dan was saying, that you have this, that had this mutual love for this person, how, whatever direction a relationship unfolds and where life comes and goes, people come in and out of our lives and we can still love them. And this is an act of love that you're describing. This desire to know what happened is not only closure for you, but it's something that he, the, the guy who passed away, really deserves because the, this was a big part of what his life the thing was. About closure, his family oh, shouldn't get to decide. I was just going to say his family doesn't get, shouldn't get to decide the way that he went out which so often happens. They decided he was going to have a Catholic mass and never going to speak of whatever happened to him and certainly weren't going to tell the people that he loved in his life. And so a whole community and a whole part of his identity has been cut out of that narrative. And who you're not Scooby-Dooing around being nosy and, and trying to get gossip. You're trying to understand what happened to someone that you love. But sometimes people, what they need to understand about closure uh, is that it's not a gift somebody else has the power to give you. Don't give his family all this power yeah. because you can only get closure from them. Closure is a gift you give yourself. And sometimes when people say, I want closure, what they want is that other person, you know, if it's an ex, you know, you haven't given me a good enough explanation of why you ended the relationship. You haven't given me closure. It's just a desire to keep that person in your life. But in this instance, you're aching for something that you may not get and then telling yourself that you will not have closure until you get it. And what you need to tell yourself is I can give myself closure. Even in the absence of the information I might like to have, I can remember this person, remember our relationship, uh, perform whatever ritual has meaning for you, even if it's something small and personal that honors the relationship and or recognizes satanic. the you know, or satanic and recognizes the end of uh, this person's life. You can give yourself closure. You do not have to wait in a corner aching until his family turns up to give it to you. Well, I also see. Well, I don't I, think it's going to come from the family. I agree. I think with it's going to come I from medical get, records or I would whatever. Want but that yeah, information, and I would actually find a way in with that family. I don't even know if you've asked them or if you. If it's only been what you've read. Um, about if there was an obituary or something, or I don't know. Um, but there has to be a death certificate, doesn't there? I mean, how does that work? Isn't that a matter of public record? Uh, we should, we should, you know, we should. I should speak up for the Catholics as a Catholic. Uh, Catholics are more pro-gay than any other Christian denomination in the United States. Um, we're assuming because there was a mass that maybe it's a conservative Catholic family. Um, and that was something that maybe this guy didn't want. I know a lot of gay Catholics who would want a memorial mass. Uh, if they were to pass away, for odds sure. are if you reach out to them that you might get a positive response. Oh, even I, if they I think too. I, I wonder if you if reach you out to the family, have. you think you'll get a reach positive out response? The, reach out to the family. And if you get a negative response, then that's your answer. Right? That's what I'm saying. I don't think that he has really reached out. It seems like he's more just gathered information. Yeah, maybe. Because the, the family seems hush-hush. But the ex-husband doesn't know either. That, to me, is the part that is strange. That you would I mean, not... We don't know how that marriage ended. Well, that's true. We're, yeah. we're assuming because the ex-husband and the ex-boyfriend are talking that maybe, you know, right. that so it was a positive ending. So let's just deal with the information we have. I would, I would yeah. just try, I would try to get an answer really, and don't exhaust yourself doing it, obviously, but it's worth giving it a good shot. Maybe he had a sister, maybe he had a cousin, you know, I don't know. I, I think it, for me, I would do that. I would, I would really at least initiate some sort of conversation yeah, pre- with them about it. 
and go into the conversation presuming their their support for your dead ex boyfriend's sexual orientation and and humanity. Go in assuming. Go in and get in touch with the mother or the father and say, "I was with your son. I'm so sorry for your loss. I was heartbroken to hear. Here's a memory." Uh, of him that I thought you might like to have. Yes. If there's any information about his death that you're comfortable sharing, it would help me have, it would give me some closure, but Mm -hmm. you're in my thoughts. Like reach out to them as human beings, presume that they love their son, treat them that way. uh, And then maybe you'll get the positive. Yeah. I think if you go in with an open heart and an open mind, I would, I would all, because I think you owe yourself that and they might like to talk about it. Even you never know what could surprise you about this. Yeah. We're reading a lot into mass and the information not being made publicly available. Maybe as a former intimate, they would make it available to you uh, in a way they didn't like want to put it in the obit in the newspaper. I would also say that for me, at least, and I, I, I know it's a crazy thing to talk about, I have it like written down, notarized in a will, what I want when I die, because I am so scared about what my parents might do. Um, I do feel like they would bury me in Texas. There would absolutely be a church service. There would absolutely be nobody from Los Angeles invited. I have it written down, notarized. This is what's happening with me, because I'm not saying that everyone should do that. I know it's an extreme situation, but I don't trust it. I don't trust that they'll know. And so do right by it. So. I don't know. I would say if anyone's questioning that, like, yeah, don't don't let them handle it. Well, and I think also the main question here was, uh, is it okay to have a relationship with this ex? Is it inappropriate for me to reach out to him? No, and I not think at what, all. What Dan said really, of course, uh, hit the point on the head, which is you both love this person. Share this. Share that you're so lucky that you're able to reach out to somebody that understands how you feel. And if you can both get to the bottom of this, that's great. But yeah, don't set up a war room necessarily. <laughs> no. Yeah. What a terrible thing, I, I, but what but what a lucky I, I, thing that you that this guy has that you've been even able to find some tether of a connection to the life that he lived after you. I mean, they that's also wonderful. included a picture of what's killed me. They did, which yeah. I, I oh. which I'm, I'll show you. It was you. very sweet, lovely picture. Mm-hmm. Oh, so sad. Yeah, I would want sad. to know what happened, and I would do it and in a very gentle, loving way. I, I also want to say, Brian, I'm so sorry that. You feel like your family, if you were to to predecease your parents, wouldn't respect your wishes in that way and would exclude your friends and chosen family from your memorial. It's not that's guaranteed, real, but I, I think it would be very likely. Um, that's a real cross to bear. Yeah. Uh, you know, one is, of the things I think is so important about, you know, marriage equality for people who are partnered and wish to marry is our ability as gay people to choose for ourselves who our own immediate next of kin is, yeah. which we were denied for all of recorded human history for the most part. Um, and one of the reasons I'm glad to be married to the man I'm married to is that I know that he'll respect my wishes if I'm, there's a medical crisis or whatever else in a way that I couldn't trust my Catholic dad to. So I feel you. Right. Right. Well, I hope I'm invited. To my funeral? My favorite thing to do is to go over that guest list. And my other wishes include half love- my ashes or to be spread under Rhonda, Rhonda's carpet in the art barn in Martha's Vineyard. And the other half, I need Rhonda to dump them in the L.A. River. L.A. River? Oh, is it I a river? Anti- no, is it a river? A, it's a pipeline. 
Um, okay, this is our last question, but don't worry. It's it's four pages long. But Ronna, you kidding. do understand that when I say under the rug, you can't put them in an urn. They have to be scattered under the well, rug. Well, what's the legal, how does that work legally? Do I have to respect your wishes? If you want to be spread, if you want to be That's scattered in my house. entirely on you. That's do entirely I have to, on you. Well, can I scatter you and then vacuum you right up? Absolutely. <laughs> If I want to be scattered on Timothy Chalamet's ass crack, do I get to do that? Are people like compelled? You get to well, request. Listen, it's on. Listen, all I know is that weight will be on Rana's shoulders, not mine. I think it's very interesting that you know what you want. I think that's. that's I, I mean, that's in very deep. basic terms, that's very I know, deep. Yeah. Well, you have to think about it when, like, you know, you can't really necessarily. And again, it's not guaranteed they would do something nefarious, but it's also likely that they would. So. Yeah. Well, that they would honor their own wishes, not Correct. yours. Correct. Yes, because I say a lot of parents believe that their children belong to them. Yes. Yeah. Dear Ronna Bryan, an esteemed guest. That's you, Dan. Nasty, would- bougie, ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> Savage. Yeah. I would now love I get the with- reference. Megan, Megan Three Stallion. Now I get you got it. it. Megan Three Stallion. <laughs> I would love some advice on neighborhood differences during pandemic parenting. This I'm going to love. I live on a street where there are a lot of kids around the same age. They all play outside. And while it sounds like a dream, there's a little drama. Before the pandemic, I was close to one mom in particular. We have very different parenting styles. I am a working mom and she is a stay-at-home mom. She doesn't like for her kids to have sugar. She bakes and she cooks a lot of meals. Her kids snack on nuts and fruit, while my kids eat mac and cheese, fig bars, cheese sticks, fruit, and other stuff you can find at Costco. God bless. So far, I'm not on her side. Oh, I am 100% on her side. I know we're on opposite sides so far, (laughs) but I feel it could flip. Uh, I always felt that kids should figure out how to entertain themselves by playing outside and having some screen time while she plays with her kids, in caps, all the time. Uh which I think is very strange and doesn't allow any screen time. While I respect that, I sometimes find, I find like feel, I think like I am not doing enough when we are all hanging out. I feel pressure to feed my kids certain foods around her kids and play with my kids when they are around because she is always Uh. playing with hers. My kids have toys. How exhausting. My kids. Well, how pathological. My kids have toys that you can find at Target while her kids play with toys from her childhood. That's key to me. And she prohibits certain toys from coming into the house. Also, the kids don't get a handful of vaccinations because the mom doesn't believe in it. This is Priscilla and Lisa Marie, this parent-daughter relationship. I am huge. These are two moms. Wait, which no, one's I'm Priscilla? That other woman's parenting style is Priscilla oh, yeah. Presley and yeah. Or Naomi and Winona, however you want to do it. I am huge on vaccinations. Science is real, right? At dinner gatherings, I was encouraged to bring a watermelon to share for dessert instead of cupcakes or other tasty treats. I always abided, but in the back of my head, wanted to bring something else that was more dessert-like. At the beginning of COVID, things got weird. We tried to form a pod, and I realized that their family was hunkered down, and I mean hunkered down. They don't do anything like go into grocery stores or any store and are really scared slash paranoid of COVID. Mm. 
I respect that, but lately I have started to put the pieces together that the mom is kind of controlling with the stuff that I mentioned <laughs> above. Lately, it sounds like a nightmare. I started to put the pieces yeah, just, together. Just part of put the pieces. You, you said Winona and whatever. I was thinking Carrie from the Stephen King movie and her mother. Oh, That's oh, what this relationship God. reminded me of. Piper Laurie and Sissy Space. Yes. I usually can accept You're people right. for their differences. But lately, one of the mom's youngest girls has started to lecture other kids on the block about the food they're eating. For example, I offered to watch the girl to give the mom a break. The mom refuses to use babysitters during the pandemic, so she's been on 24-7. During the babysitting stint, her kid lectured me and my kids on the pirate booty I fed them. Bye. Uh, I also (laughs) gave them cucumbers, carrots, and a hot dog. Well, the hot dog's horrible, but okay. I mean, kids love a hot dog. I'm just saying, you can't say I also gave them cucumbers, carrots, and then a cancer bomb. I tried to Whenever anybody asks me, whenever anybody tells me they would never eat ass, I ask them if they've ever had a hot dog and I tell them that they have. Sure, sure. That's true. (laughs) Well, you should be asking them, would you have a digest ass is the question. (laughs) Right. It's a bit more Donner-esque, I guess. I tried (laughs) to kindly tell the girl to stop, but she just kept going. I didn't tell her mom. Why? I guess I don't want to create tension. This is not the first time this little girl has lectured kids on the block about food. I have had food issues in the past, and I really don't want this kid lecturing other kids, including myself, about food. I have pulled away from the friendship with the mom because I realize how I can't deal with the controlling energy during COVID. The anti-vaxxing stuff is really bugging me too. Am I wrong to pull away? Rana, have you dealt with mothers like this in the past? Mm. Our kids are best friends. Rana, have you been a mother like this in the past? That's another question. (laughs) How dare you? Brian, have you been a son like this in the past? I could just see Jordan, Rana's son, just being like, you know, you shouldn't eat that. You shouldn't do that. But maybe Are I'm you, Do you think Jordan wasn't ever allowed to have a trait? Come on. Okay. But I just can't deal with the feeling, the mom, uh, feeling the mom guilt from another mom right now. Best, the pulling away parent. Please don't use my name. Get rid of this woman. She sounds awful. I, would, I wouldn't go near her again. And I would ban her children from your home. Well, She's, no, you can't. The you can't kids do that. are best friends. The kids are Who best cares? friends. But also, Who like cares? She's, she's, worried, this one. she's worried. She's worried that his the, parents aren't going to respect his wishes when he dies. Says, do whatever your parents want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to control your life, the life of a seven year old. Says this one, who doesn't want his life controlled? Ugh, Go on, Dan. Sounds so awful. Dan, you're a parent. Yes, yeah? please, Dana. Yeah, Dan, yeah, Dan. Dan. Dana, we Sorry. we had some interesting interactions with parents when we were kid, when our kid was young because we thought that kids should have unstructured time and should be able to like roam the neighborhood as we had roamed our neighborhoods, and occasionally our kid would wind up playing with a kid who's who had helicopter parents who was never out of the sight of adults, and then they would freak out when they found out that he was at our house and not always under the microscope. Um, but you can't, you know, in the same way that you think this woman is too controlling of her children, well, her daughters over or her kids over at your house lecturing other kids about what they should or shouldn't eat, and you want to control what her daughter says. Stop. Don't commit the sin that you're sick of this other woman committing. Let yeah. the kids regulate their friendships and their interactions. Let the kids argue about what they should or shouldn't eat. Don't feel the need to, like, jump in there. A seven-year-old saying pirate booty's bad for you is not going to make somebody bulimic. Uh, the, the culture is 
sending your kids a lot more messages about food and bodies and a lot more toxic ones than a couple of seven-year-olds arguing about what is or isn't healthy to eat. So don't worry about what the kids are doing. Let them manage their friendships and their relationships and stay the fuck out of it. In the same way you wish this woman would stay the fuck out of it. Let the kids play and interact more in an unstructured way uh, and learn how to regulate themselves, learn how to have relationships, form relationships without adults there refereeing everything. Stop being Why would you ever want to be like this parent, though? I mean, don't even aspire to that. Like, I'm telling you, your parenting method is better than this other lady's, I think. Yeah. However, you're right. I do see what you're saying. Well, don't, though you're don't both break doing the... the same thing. You both want your philosophy to be the philosophy. But, well, you know what? Can't her philo- Can't each philosophy be applied in each of their homes when they're hosting yeah. these people? Yeah. yeah. Like if my the house, mom my crosses, rules. Yeah, the yeah. mom across the street says bring fruit for dessert. Bring fruit for dessert when you're being sure. treated to dinner. And then when they come over to your house for dinner, you can serve cupcakes. Yeah. Um, she's not telling you what to serve or not serve in your own home. But- Part of the our mom's problem who wrote the letter is that she sort of likes one, she has guilt about the fact that she works. Yeah, yeah, get and rid of so that. So there is there is a little bit of a micro economy that she's not acknowledging, which is that part of the way that she feeds her kids is that she indulges them. Because she wants them, she's sort of making up for the part where she's busy. And so she wants the kids to like her. She's the one who no, brings the cupcakes and has the fun treats. There's a little, she wants her style to be the style that kids enjoy more than the other style. And of course kids do. What kid loves being vegan or whatever? We were but, food fascists with our kid growing up. Not that there weren't treats. I like to bake and there were cupcakes and cookies and hot dogs uh, and mac and cheese. But Whatever we served was but what not we served. every meal. And so when there was salmon yeah. and asparagus, yeah. But when there was salmon and asparagus, the kids did, you know, kids, including guests, friends, didn't get to argue with us about whether they were going to eat that or not. If they didn't want to eat it, then they didn't get to eat. And it's amazing how kids will eat anything if that's all, if they yeah, don't Yeah, I'm not running a, a restaurant. You don't you get look to look choose off the menu. Would you put the meal in and say, you're not eating again until you eat this and put it in the fridge no, like Joan no, Crawford. No, 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 no. And kids are allowed to have preferences. Like I don't like to eat oranges. Terry doesn't like to eat tomatoes. And so, you know, as our kid developed like taste and preferences, we respected his preferences. He eventually decided he didn't like salmon. We didn't serve him salmon. Loved halibut. We'd served him halibut. Uh, I think you have to respect that. You don't like force your kid to eat Brussels sprouts or nothing and they have to finish the Brussels sprouts. They can't eat anything ever again. Of course, but, but that's dinner, part dinner, of how dinner. a family evolves. And if you make a healthy also, what do we like? Right, you make a healthy, yeah. but, but then what you think, I think what you want to do is strike a balance. You make healthy dinners most of the time and some nights you have breakfast for dinner, you have a treat for dinner, you have mac and cheese for dinner, you order a couple pizzas for dinner and you just want to show that food is something where you, you know, you want to eat good things and eat unhealthy things or not Plus, as good in moderation. you can mask things. Yes, yeah. Crystal Light is fabulous. <laughs> uh, but there's also nothing wrong with your kids going over there and learning the exact same lesson, which is this is what they're serving. And be polite about it. And if you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. But th- you will. I, this is life. You are walk right. into all kinds of situations in life that aren't how they are at your house and aren't and also, how you want them to be. And I also think you can say to a woman who's a friend or that you're friendly with, you let you know, it, it's crazy the way you always play with your kids. 
Like, I wouldn't do that. I don't think you need to do that. I'd love to hear why you think you need to play with them all the time. Give yourself a break. Like, well, the kids she might like to hear that even. But yeah, I, I would. It seems like the person writing in thinks that she is doing something. I mean, she seems like she's doing. It feels like she's doing something wrong in her parenting she style. She thinks this other one is the other one's parenting different. style is pointing out to her. Yeah, but, the, but what she she's isn't. doing wrong. That is but, her own perception. It doesn't mean right, that yes, that's true. her own perception because she yes. never says in her letter, and but you know, she would she say feels. if it were true that this other parent yeah. judges or shames her. And and she doesn't. She just parents differently than her, uh, and she doesn't but tell she you how to parent in your own home. By but that's how un- that's her problem. The then. other parent is yes, and that is but her the problem. Other per- the other parent isn't perfect. Of that's course, not perfect but this parenting. is how she's experiencing it. Yeah, on the vaccination front, that is oh, deeply a, imperfect well, parenting. I would, I would have a big problem with that. I have to say. Oh yeah, my, that's just with unvaccinated really children. But these kids yeah. are best friends, and guess what? They're either going to be best friends forever or for. Or for six months. I mean, or however right. long until they aren't. And Could, but mostly, you're putting so much stress on yourself to worry. This is really a little bit of that COVID overfocusing. We're all oh, so not all, but some people are overfocusing on the way that they do things because they can't control their anxiety about other things. And you've mm-hmm. got to let some of this ride. You just do. Is it true that kids can go to vets for vaccinations and that? animals can go to MDs for vaccinations? Is that true? I think kids can go to vets for ketamine. If they carry the right vaccinations. (laughs) Sure enough, if your kid needs, yeah. If they want to be vaccinated against the horse flu, they can go to the vet. Yeah. Okay. I was unclear about that. Yeah. No, I I think you need to give yourself a break. And I hate to say it, you also need to give her a little bit of a break. Is she ruining her her children? Possibly. But that's not really your problem. Right. And then you get to be like her kids when they need a break from their mom have your house to go to and your kids when they want homemade bread have their house to go to. Her kids get to see that different parents have different styles and different kids have, uh, you know, different food in the refrigerators and vice versa. And that's good. So stop making a problem out of what's not necessarily a problem. Unless, of course, her kids come down with rubella and give rubella to your kids. Yes, In which case, the anti-vaxxing thing is a huge problem. But I do think also, if this is really bothering you... Spend less time with them. And so I'm not saying your children have to spend less time together, but drop your kid off. You don't have to come in for a drink. You don't have to stay. Drop your kid off and pick them up. And whatever happens while they're there, you don't have to be all over each other because this is getting to you. And spike the watermelon with vodka and drop it off too. (laughs) No doubt about it. And by the way, put so much cotton candy in her kids' mouths the minute before you drop them back off. But you do want to be <laughs> careful. I'm curious what you think about this, Dan, as a parent, but you do want to be careful also about planting ideas in your children's minds about what's correct and what isn't correct when it comes to something like this, because you don't want to interfere with the friendship. If they genuinely have a nice friendship, you need to sort I of do your, well. Uh, I don't anymore, actually. I did at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see you at the funeral your parents want to throw for you or that, so- or that someone else does. But- <laughs> no, Rhonda, it only works. It's a one-way street, my life, one way. But 
my point is just, of course you want to say, oh, what'd she feed you? You know, and if your kid is funny and you can have that kind of conversation, then that's funny. But what you don't want to do is put your judgment of the situation too, within reason, too harshly on this other family because it makes your, your child is going to adapt your position at some point and it's going to corrupt the friendship and the friendship should be allowed to take its course. And this is absolutely yes. the, your, your friend across the street or whatever is absolutely the kind of person who their kids grow up, their mother has passed, they read the will, and the mother says, and to my children, absolutely nothing. You know what you did. <laughs> oh, my God. I also think their kids are probably going to grow up and remember, wasn't it fun? We used to get to go over to their house. And oh, they would, totally. And they would give us a cupcake at their house. And My you, parents were so strict going up, but we had a neighborhood family that was loosey-goosey, and we the best time. Yeah. We, we loved it. And you should yeah. also be able to say to this parent, if she says anything to you, look, he, this is not a restaurant I'm running. If your kid wants to stay for dinner, we serve what we serve here. And if you'd right. prefer that they didn't stay for dinner, you should pick them up at, at five. But yeah. you don't have to say, yeah, oh, she's vegan and she's this and she... If the kid has an allergy, of course, you should respect that. But this yeah, is what you, we're serving. As a parent, you can't control what goes on in other people's homes. If it's yeah. unsafe, and I think anti-vaxxing is unsafe, but if it's Very. unsafe in other ways that you're uncomfortable with, you don't let your kid hang out over there. But you can't control who your kids are friends with on the block and where they're going to run around in the park if they're free-range kids. You can't control that. And you shouldn't try. And don't read judgment where judgment isn't written. And just be chill about it. And, and you don't have to be best friends with her just because your kid is best friends with her kid. And, and I found with my kid that we served mostly healthy food most of the time. And our, our kid would be like, oh, I love going to, you know, my friend David's house because they eat whatever they want and they have all this crap in the house. And and then my kid would come back after like a weekend sleepover at his friend David's house and look at us and go, can we have salad for dinner? Yeah. <laughs> because his body, body needed could it. It takes so much. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And kids can be self-regulating around food and around indulgence and around treats, and we should trust them more. And so it will long stand as- them in great stead for the rest of their lives. But if yes. you do, but if you do uh, put a, ph- a philosophy on top of that, I mean, you do have to be careful. You said you had your own food issues, and it does sound like, you know, you just, you want to do your best to not give them any issues around food, because you absolutely can do that, of course. And to, as you're saying, let them sort of regulate themselves, but also you're in charge of the menu. You should give your kids issues around food, I think, actually. Well, what, what some uh, people what some people define she, as issues I mean, around food. I think you have to be not conscious. Not anorexia. Not anorexia. And you don't yeah. like you can't live in a world without treats. But like soda pop wasn't something we kept in the house. Soda of pop course, was when but that's, those the are movies. T- those are tools for living. That's not an issue. That right. is balance. And our son would say to us, like, my friend has, they have soda pop in the house and they drink soda pop at every meal. Why can't I? And we would be like, well, because it's not good for you to have that much soda pop. And so if it's around, it's a temptation. If it's not around, we don't miss it. And so we just don't keep it in the house. We, that doesn't mean if we're in a restaurant, you can't have a Sprite. You can, sure. but you're not going to have a Sprite with breakfast at our house like you did at your friend's house. I'm more talking about how you make them feel when they eat. 
So if you're telling them oh, that's right. a little much, put all, that all down or shaming them sh- in any way. You or, shouldn't yeah. shame them, but you should encourage your kid to be thoughtful about yes. food. Like if we're mindful having, eating. Right. If we're gonna yeah. have pizza for dinner tonight, that means we probably shouldn't have pizza for dinner tomorrow night. Maybe we should have something green tomorrow night. If we have pizza for dinner tonight, we're gonna have pizza for breakfast tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm um, passionate. All about right. Pizza. Brian Dan, here we are. Rana. Here we are. So we're at the end of this episode. Dan, yes. I have something to tell you. So at the end of every episode, we pick out a little treat to send one of the people yeah. who wrote in, the one who we think deserves it the most. So, Rana, what are we sending this we're week? We're bringing back the Dash Egg Cooker this week. What could be better? This is one of our all-time hottest giveaways, which is, Dan, do you have a Dash Egg Cooker? Because if you don't, don't, I'm going to send you one. Do you eat eggs? I don't know you what want- you're talking about. Do you eat eggs? Uh, yeah, every day. Okay. The Dash Egg Cooker changed. And by the way, we don't, we're not sponsored by them or anything. <laughs> we're not sponsored it, by, we're not it, sponsored it, by anybody except my it, bank account. It changed. I need to speak to you about a loan, Rana. It changed my <laughs> life, the Dash Egg Cooker. I don't believe It is you. the p- most perfect boiled eggs. that, And all you do is flip a switch and it, they come out perfect. It's wild. It is, I'm telling you, Dan, I'm going to send you one. It costs about $19, $16 on a good day. It is some sort of, I don't know if they're Swedish or what they are. You plug it into the wall. It's a little thing. And you just, you put in the right amount of water. You hit the switch. And 10 minutes later, the cutest song you've ever heard goes off. And you have six perfectly hard-boiled eggs, whichever way you want them. Are we giving this dash egg cooker to... Uh, the 30-year-old dating the 52-year-old and feeling uncomfortable about it. Yeah. Are we giving it to this sweet man's ex and his death and connecting with the maybe connecting with the new uh, or with the uh, with the other ex? Or are we giving it to parents one wearing Givenchy, one wearing Talbots? I think we should give it to the mom who wrote to you guys because that sounds like a fun thing for kids to use to make themselves eggs and if her kids are in the habit of making themselves soft-boiled eggs for breakfast that's a really good breakfast for a kid to have uh and if this little device is as charming and and like amazing and plays a cute little song like you guys say i think that would be a really good thing to have in in the house of kids it sounds like dan is judging her nutritional choices a little bit sounds like dan (laughs) is saying these kids need some eggs for breakfast is what we're learning and an added bonus is if you want to take out aggression (laughs) but you don't want to like actually ruin someone's property egg her house but with boiled eggs because then the worst they'll do is like leave a few cracks well and anytime their kid comes over and they don't want to eat anything you just say, "I'll boil you an egg in the dash egg yep. cooker." That's your that's your other option. And I think the and the twenty two year old dating the the guy who's twenty two years older than he is, like the guy who's older knows how to boil an egg. He can make a poached egg at that age. He doesn't need a machine. Uh, and the other guys probably have all the kitchen stuff that they want. But this mom also he has a blossoming in romance. Uh, what does he for need? Her kids. And I'm sure the guy that sent the picture and wrote the heartfelt letter about losing his ex-boyfriend is going to be furious he didn't get a dash egg cooker. But you know what? We can't always we can't always go with the sob story. We we'll just send can't. two. On whose dime, Dan? Yes, Dan. Why don't you send one, Dan? I'm already sending two. I'm sending one to you and one to, one to her. But more importantly, 
based on her Costco shopping, I'm not sorry to hear there's going to be a couple of hot boiled eggs in the in the house. I'm thrilled not, with her Costco shopping. I know you are groceries. Comes out every Thursday or every Tuesday. When does it come out? I can't remember. <laughs> what? Monday. Monday. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, fabulous. Okay. The mom will be getting the Dash Egg Cooker. And Dan, you're going to send me your address, and I'm going to send you a Dash Egg Cooker, and it's going to change your life. Before we go, we should say, uh, listen to Savage Lovecast every week. It's brilliant, and it's a, it was a game changer in my life, certainly. Unbelievable. Along it with has, the column. Yeah. Uh, um, also, uh, follow Dan everywhere. Uh, he always has something... I don't know. You're always ripping someone a new one in really wonderful ways. And it's nothing but a thrill to read your, your How tweets. have you enjoyed Rick Santorum being back in the news during the during the election cycle? What a bozo that guy is. I, I can't believe Rick Santorum is still on television. Uh, at least he's not in the Senate. I'll take that. Oh, yeah. um, I think my bozo. readers helped chase him out of the Senate. Uh, he does less no harm on CNN. Uh, and he's such an idiot and, and says such bullshit. Uh, that I think he discredits yes, he's the GOP. So, full of it. so, at fake Dan Savage on Twitter, please follow it at Dan Savage on Instagram, right? Uh, Dan Savage on Instagram at yeah. fake Dan Savage on Twitter, and you can on find Twitter. my column and my podcast at savagelovecast.com. Oh, fabulous! Perfect. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. That was really fun. So Dan had to jump, but we've got the cliffhanger now, Brian. We you, certainly and do. You're going to read it, of course. Oh, thank you, Rana. Okay. <laughs> Dear Rana, Brian, and fabulous guest, the no longer with us, Dan Savage. Yeah. Before well, I get to my- No well, longer with us sure. on the podcast. Yeah. There's, there's been a real theme today. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Before I get to my question, I just have to say that I've been listening to the show since the beginning, and it's easily one of the most joyful parts of my week. Thank you for providing such a beautiful show in the midst of oh. a difficult time. What do you think of that, Rana? I think that's a very nice thing to say. Thank I, you. I do, too. I haven't heard someone call it beautiful, and I love it. Are they right? Well, I think I think it's a beautiful show. Are you wearing an eyelash filter today? I don't even know what that means. Did you curl your eyelashes? These are the options. Curled your eyelashes, fake eyelashes, or an eyelash filter? All three at once, but also none of those. <laughs> I haven't done, I'm not wearing, what were the options? I'm not wearing fake eyelashes. Uh -huh. I don't have an eyelash filter because I don't know what it is. Uh-huh. And I'm, I forgot what the other option was. An eyelash filter is on Instagram when you're doing your stories, there's, there's a couple of filters that give you eyelashes. When oh, yeah, I yeah. see. Like Snuffleupagus. Yes. Maybe Zoom has a Snuffleupagus filter now. Ugh. I would Anyway, back to our beautiful show. Okay. Here's my dilemma. A few weeks ago, I went to visit my parents. One afternoon, my mom and I were on the couch watching Judge Judy, uh, which I hope Brian can appreciate. He certainly does. When yeah. she got a phone call from my grandmother, her mother, my mom answered the phone. And because she had her volume turned up, I, uh, yes, I was able to make out part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm fairly certain that I heard my grandmother say, I have some wonderful news. This morning, I got a call from your son who was born in 1982. Yep, I, let that sink in. Wow. At that moment, my mom leapt off the couch and took the phone outside to finish the call so I was not able to hear anymore. 
as far as I know, I'm my mom's oldest child, and I was born in 1992. My mom would have been 18 years old and unmarried in 1982. So it's certainly possible that she had a child and gave it up for adoption. My mom was outside on the phone for about 20 minutes before she returned. I was still trying to process what I may have just overheard, so I played it off like I hadn't heard anything. A few weeks have passed now, and I'm not sure what I should do. I did some I did some amateur sleuthing, good for you, and learned that New York State, where my mother was living in 1982, was recently or very recently changed its laws so that adopted children can access their original birth records more easily. Hmm. That could explain why this potential half-brother is just now trying to make contact with his birth family. It's also possible that I simply misheard the conversation, but I'm fairly certain about what I heard. My question is this. Is it okay for me to ask my mother if I do, in fact, have a half-brother? Is it really any of my business, or should I respect my mother's privacy in the matter? I don't want to hurt her by bringing up something that she may feel shameful and traumatized about, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't curious. If you feel it is okay to ask, what would be a delicate and respectful way to start that conversation? Thank you for any guidance you can provide. Please do not use my real name, A.D. Well, if that wow. isn't a, cl- a cliffhanger, I don't know what is. That is one of the classics, Rana. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. wow. What I wouldn't they- give to overhear a conversation like that. What I wouldn't give to get the the real all the details I on know. that conversation. I, by the way, all I want already preemptively is for her to consistently send us updates. No question. Yeah. Uh, okay. So join us on Patreon for the answer. Patreon.com slash ask Ron. We're having a blast over there. Rana. We have such a we're having such a great time over there. We have new shows every Friday. Yeah. We have a book club. We have a quiff, quiff excuse sure, me, sure, sure. Uh, and actually this week in quiff, we're watching two of the craziest, the craziest movie combination you could imagine, which is Raging Bull and Let the Right One In. That's Pardon right. Me. Both, by the way, I looked both on Hulu streaming and Raging Bull's also on Amazon streaming. Fabulous. Yeah. So they're accessible. And of course, uh, $5 gets you into the carriage house. $10 gets you sauna privileges where you get to see the show. We do every week. Dante, I, I hate to say it, but he does a great job editing the video of the show. So it's a really fun watch. Yeah. Uh, and you get Rana Reads, yeah. and, which is when I read people bedtime stories like the Calm app. Adorable. And you get Brian's body pats, though there hasn't been one in a very long time. I'm going to send one today, Rana. And I know I say that a lot. You've been saying it for at least six months. But I'm going to do I just have to find something to just pad something a little bit, but then I'll you send just have it. To, oh, dear. All right. Uh, so thank you for joining us. And as we said, we're recording this on Friday, so we can't declare any winners. But I, I will mean, say that it does seem that uh, maybe this wasn't the sexiest process, but this was democracy in motion. So. But you know what gives me a little bit of gratification, Rana? Yes, dear. I do think that this has been agonizing for the ultimate loser of this. I think, oh yeah. Oh, I think as hard as it's been on us, it's been much harder on them. And that's delightful. Yeah, that is fun. Yeah. That is fun. Revenge yeah. is best served cold. Correct. Yeah. Or in Nevada or in Pennsylvania. Or in Georgia. Or in Georgia. And or I'll in tell Arizona. You, oh, do I want to go knock on doors for John Ossoff? Oh, me too. Yeah. Terrific. Now He's that, something else. That is. Now that's, that's a senator. A now that's, that's a senator. senator. Yeah. Good, good one, Ronnie. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Kiss, kiss. Kiss, kiss. Kiss, kiss. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.